Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast. Hello there, welcome to episode 31 of the Hellraiser Podcast. I'm Peter and this is Phil. Hello. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the Boom Studios comics again. Yeah. This time issues 9 to 12, which are collectively known as Heaven's Reply. Mm. So we've got a new writer, straight away. Christopher Monfett is not working on the comics anymore from this point onwards. Oh, Yeah, it is a shame. It is a shame. We like him. He's nice. So they're all written by Clive Barker and someone else. The first one, issue 9, is written by Clive Barker and Anthony DiBlasi. 10 and 11 are written by Clive Barker with Rob Humphreys and Mark Miller. And number 12 is written by Clive Barker and Mark Miller. So, yeah, there are a few different writers. It's not just, you know, one team like it was for issues 128. There's Mm. a couple of different people. And uh, let's go in and see what happens. Yeah. So just to let you know, if you haven't read 128, then stop now and read them. Or just listen to our previous podcast about them because we're not going to go back through the story of what happened in those ones. No. Because we did that in in depth detail on those other podcasts. We just go round and round, won't we? Yeah. Like bloody Looper. <laughs> so, we're going to start with issue nine. Nine. Heaven's Replied, part one. So it starts with a flashback before the rebirth. You've got this weird scene of Pinhead and his minions in a battle against the damned. Yeah, I think this is really good. Mm, I remember too. reading this and thinking, oh, this is amazing, because Pinhead's... He's got on armor. He's got armor. He's on and a he's horse, a skinned horse. Yeah, skinned horse. How cool is that? And there's like an army of Cenobites, all in this armor. Yeah, with their horses and an army of the damned who are rebelling. It is very cool, and it's being damned, <laughs> and, and it's and the rain's pouring down, and it's it's beautiful. It's like you know the the Battle of Helm's Deep in in Two Towers. It's lovely, and you've got this battle going on, and the other guys they're fighting, the damned souls, have also got armor on. The main guy that we meet here with a beard, he's got sort of bone armour isn't he mm. a skeleton wrapped around him this is just so cool yeah some really good know, he's like chops Pinhead's horse's head off yeah and smashes him to the ground and yeah. he's like let's get in there attack them we've got them yeah it's just amazing and then Pinhead managed to grab this guy with a beard at which point he says hey wait don't you remember me don't you recognise me Captain Spencer Captain Spencer I was you the lieutenant back in the war yeah this is very interesting. He says, have you forgotten yeah. why you sought the box in the first place, Captain? Mm. It wasn't to swim in the bowels of this vile domain. No. Why was it then? Why was it, I guess? We'll find out. Mm. Uh, and we do discover later on that this is kind of a dream that Elliot's been having. I can't remember if that's in this issue yet, so we'll wait. We'll wait and come back to that later on. But he doesn't really care about this guy, and he puts his thumbs in his eyes. Hooray! Yeah, there's some great... Uh, I really like the artwork around this Yeah, there's some well. really good, gory, horrible shit going on. It's really cool. And there's a great Which panel here where he's, like, pushing this guy's head off. Mm. And, you know, in the background there's, like, biplanes and yeah. war. World War I you know, stuff World going War I on behind stuff. him. So it's um, really interesting. It is. That's no, great. Cut to... Modern day. Modern day, Elliot Spencer having sex with a prostitute. Ah, That's nice. So he is here in the flesh, quite literally, at this point. Mm. But he's got no memory. No memory. He doesn't know who he is or who he was. And he's uh, staying with Tiffany. Yes. Tiffany's back, working with him at the moment. So this is quite a jump mm. from before. You you were kind of at this point going, what, what, what's, what's going on here then? Yeah, because the end of issue eight, it's him you know, coming back to life saying, I'm Elliot Spencer. Mm. And you think, ooh, and now he's just, I've got no memory, and he's living with her. Yeah. And he's saying, I've got no memory, and she's saying, well, we'll get there, Elliot, don't worry. So he's basically joined the team we glean here. Yeah, uh, the team of harrowers, new, as it were, well, the ones harrowers. that left, new harrowers, <laughs> uh, tracking down the boxes. Yeah, they're tracking down the boxes, and Harry Damore mm-hmm. is involved. Although he's not seen in this one. <clears throat> no. But he's, t- he's brought one of his assistants along to help. Yeah, there's some nice banter here. This is this is very so some nice conversation from Elliot because mm. he's a bit of a he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's kind of you know Harry's assistant sort of says mm, Harry's skeptical and he's keeping his distance and yeah, it's like oh, that's understandable. I'd be frightened too, and <laughs> so he's very you know 
baiting them. Yeah, yeah. And this guy, his assistant Theo, his name is, mm. he does this trick with a crow, where he gets a crow, he cuts its head off, mm. and he says, he put these two bits together in a bag, and then when they start to jump about and writhe, it means you're near something evil and dark. Mm. But then he says, be careful, because it might not be the box. It's not limited to tracking Le Marchand's creations, so be careful. And this is quite interesting. I quite like this idea. You're bringing in a really sort of supernatural element to it. This is, yeah, I mean, not to jump ahead too much, but this is something that I wish could have sort of been more prevalent as it goes on. And mm-hmm. it isn't really that much. At this point, I was kind of thinking, oh, wow. You know, they've got, like, it's kind of like the Harrowers going around, you know, using supernatural things to sort of track yeah. down yeah. hell and so on. And I think that's really interesting. Um, but I think the story kind of veered away from this after this point. Yeah, it does. It does. But there's a nice bit here where he actually makes a joke. Theo, he makes a joke. He's got this this blood of this crow or this raven in a bowl. And Tiffany's like, what do you have to do with that? And he says, you have to drink it. And mm. she says, what? He says, no, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> and I, I quite like that. I thought yeah. that was funny because it was a bit, it was a bit serious and dramatic until that moment. And at least it's got a sense of humour, which I like. Yeah. Um, real difference in Tiffany here. I think the kind of people were not really that impressed with her look originally, no. were they? No. Uh, so now, well, we know just... that Chris Monfet <laughs> was quite vocal about that as well in our <laughs> interview with him. Uh, so now she's just kind of wearing black clothes and yeah, seems a lot more toned down. Yeah, I think so. And so yeah, he gets. She's saying that Elliot gets glimpses of flashes of memory, but nothing's really clicking. He doesn't really know. Who he was. Now, I wasn't sure when I was first reading this if this was true, if he actually had no memory or if he's just pretending to get his own way. But I think it becomes clear that he actually doesn't have any memory, because as we'll yes. find out in the next issue. But we'll get there. But at this point, I still thought he's being shady. There's something There's something not right here. Yeah, oh, which is cool. Which Yeah, which is great. I love the ambiguity of it. I love, there's a brilliant panel here, which I really love. They're in France, aren't they, at the moment? Yes, they are. Um, but there's a great panel where he's looking into a butcher's window at all the skinned meat, mm. and the reflection is of Pinhead. Yeah. And I just think that's a brilliant image. Yeah, it's really classy. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so he's wondering about kind of... Uh, and he's still talking about getting into heaven. Yeah, and he, he goes into a church, and he's, re- <laughs> he's yeah. like looking at a stained glass window of Christ and just being like, smug son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, after your resurrection, it took you 40 days to ascend into heaven, and you're the son of God. I'll do it without my daddy's help. <laughs> you just can't, can't credit the guy, can you? <laughs> the front of this man. Meanwhile, Tiffany is wandering around. They're trying to find another puzzle box. And then she comes into this big abandoned building, so she thinks, and the crow starts going nuts in the bag. Yeah, jumps out of the bag and is Wham, like walking screech, around. Screech. and then uh it's yeah flapping around the head and the body flapping around and she goes into a room and blimey goodness she sees something something nuts you turn the page (laughs) you're presented with um an orgy of the damned a damned orgy of naked people half skinned covered in blood held together with chains and barbed wire who are Fucking each other. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wasn't sure when I first saw this whether they were moving or not. Whether it was kind of like a... Tableau. Yeah. Like a tableau that had been made by someone. But they... Well, one of them is going... Ugh, and there's yeah. like... Mm, mm, I think they are. I ah. think they're moving. So I think they are actually... Yeah. I think they're actually having Going sex. at it. A big orgy, like you just said. This um, is one of the reasons why sometimes buying these comics on digital is not as good. Because mm. I remember I bought this issue digitally, and you don't get this, obviously, this yeah, tableau, uh, the, the, these great double-page spread. Yeah. And I was buying these as they came out on the uh, the actual paperback. Because this issues. is a really cool image. Yeah, it's um, great. But it's really only, you know, it's a lot better in the uh, in the actual comic. Mm. And you can get these in, in book form as well. Each four-part story is uh, has been released as a book, and it's definitely worth getting those. It's a nice way of doing it. So yeah, that's cool. That um, is very cool. And you've got all these. I mean, this is this is great. She's in this room, and there's all these women, you know, with like chains in their mm-hmm. mouths, and mm-hmm. 
all this sexual stuff. And, and she bumps kind of... into a guy and he's going to grab her. Yeah. And he's French. <laughs> Bonjour, madame. And he's just about to grab her when all of a sudden his leg gets grabbed by a chain and pulled away from her. And who's this saving her? Who is it? <sighs> Samurai Pizza Cats. No, Kirsty. <laughs> Kirsty Pinhead. Kirsty. And that's the end of that issue to be continued. Yeah. So, um... I still was loving this when I first read it. When it first came out, I was still thinking, okay, I wonder where this is going. He's got no memory, or has he? I'm not sure. And Tiffany's looking for something. She's just found Kirsty again. What's going to happen now? This first time we'd seen each other since she was she went down to hell and became the new queen of hell. Yeah. I was still loving it at this point. I was, I was loving it, but um, this is where, for me, my doubt started to creep in a bit. Really? A bit. You might guess with the phrasing we're using that it, we are going to come on to some stories we actually don't like as much as some of the earlier ones in this podcast. Yeah, the early stuff I really enjoyed pretty much all of it. I thought it was yeah. all excellent. Yeah, and issues one to eight are fantastic. And this but was I, where it started to get a little bit shaky. What for me. about this one? What about issue nine? For I you is it, shaky. Um, I thought it was good. I thought there's some really good ideas in it. But I thought that everything starts to get a bit spare from this point on. Like we've just gone through the whole book, and yeah. there's not a huge deal has happened. No, uh, there's some really good artwork, but it's just very small baby steps at the moment. But like all it, all it really said was he's got no memory. He's helping her, and she's found Kirsty. Yes. And um, I think they did a, such a huge jump mm. to him being there covered in blood to he's on the team with the harrowers. Yeah, uh, yeah. They missed and there all is, that out. there is a bit of a... There's not really much flashback to that, really, is there, actually? No, not really. There isn't at all. So there's, that's all gone, whereas mm. I think that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, what happened the, between when he was... Well, because I think, the, I think Tiffany says in one of the comments, she's like, yeah. oh, I got him from an asylum or whatever, and you're like... Oh, of course, yeah, so it's just... Yeah, she says that. Yeah, they, yeah. He was just... Yeah, so there's no story between when he came to hell... And when it went into this asylum. I just feel like mm. if I was writing it, I'd probably... I know that at the moment you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe Elliot's uh, tricking them or something like that. But if, if he's not tricking them, which is true, he hasn't yeah. got a memory, it'd be cool to sort of explore that a bit more. That This yeah. guy is is really can't remember anything, but he can remember little bits of things. And, mm. and you know, that's really like, oh, well, what's going on, you know? There's something really interesting there that's kind of glossed over a bit. Yeah. No, I think so. Um, and stuff just seems to happen. I mean, like, she's just... He's walking around going, yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> then it cuts to her randomly walking into a building yeah. and this huge orgy, and then, uh, you know, Kirstie turns up, and you're like, that's fine, it's cool, but it's uh, not quite as sort of well done as the earlier issues, I don't think. No. Well, let's see what happens in issue 10. Well, let's see. So issue 10... Written by Clive Barker with Rob Humphreys and Mark Miller. This mm-hmm. carries straight on with Kirsty Pinhead and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, straight off here, um, again, the artwork's changed. Yeah, I, th- I was about to say that. The artwork's not as... It's not to my taste. No, me neither, actually. Uh, it's not as detailed as, no. I, as I would like. It's, it's, it's very nice. cartoony. Yeah, it's very good. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm not sort it's of fun. slagging it off. But, There's some um, nice colouring stuff in the background. It's just, yeah, it's just not my particular style. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so Kirsty takes Tiffany away from all this sexy, orgy. dead orgy. Into hell. Into hell. Into hell. To the pit, she calls it. Yeah. And this is another double page spread that's, that's very interesting. Mm. You've got this massive pit, this big chasm. It's not really a chasm, it's a bit like the Grand Canyon, really, isn't it? With, mm. Full of skinned, damned souls. Yep. Uh, and that's amazing because you do get a really good sense of mm. just just people who are like half skeletons and stuff just going around going, help me, oh, God, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> and there's this weird conversation they have. I like this conversation because it makes sense to me. Mm. It makes sense to me that Kirst, because Kirsty's basically saying, "Do you like it?" And Tiffany's looking down, and there's just people covered in blood going, "I'm sorry." Yeah, help me. do you like it? I thought you'd like it. And I thought you'd be happy. Kirstie, she's she's like, "Kirsty, it's terrible. Why are you showing me this?" And she's like, "I thought you'd be happy. This is where the bad people go." Yeah, when they die. No, it's, it's, I think it's the yeah the next when we come back to them. When we go back to them, but that, I mean the the, the no, thrust of the moment. Yeah, that's what she's it's, saying. It's yeah interesting. And I was just going, I like this because that makes sense to me that Kirsty's sort of. Now that she's in this new position, she's disassociated slightly from humanity. Yeah. But 
what she's saying makes sense. Like she's like, you know, Tiffany, we we we've been trying to stop these bad people all our lives. Mm. And look at this. Look at what I'm doing to them. They all get sent here. Yeah, they're being punished. This is good. Surely. Which she which she thinks is great. Whereas yeah. Tiffany's like, Jesus, this wasn't really this the really bad. Point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we cut to Elliot talking to who seems to be a psychiatrist type person, but she's actually part of Harry Demore's group of. Yeah, she People. says, I, I will discuss your condition with Harry. Mm. Um, so they're trying to figure out a way to help Elliot remember. And he's talking about this dream. This is where he talks about the dream. The soldier says my name, he knows my previous life, and I don't know what's going on. And she says, there's something else we can try to help. And he says, so what is it? Do I drink a potion, slaughter an animal, something equally ludicrous? And she so, says... So he's still being a dick. Something like that. Yeah, he's still being a bit of a dick. And she blows some kind of powder into his face... This is quick, he's like, oh, warning would have been appreciated. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of, this is some kind of like shaman stuff, isn't it? Yeah, hallucinogenic. He kind of goes into a trance. Mm-hmm. Uh, then cut back to Kirsty and back Tiffany. Kirsty. She's saying we're finally um, really punishing people for being evil. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. But this is, the, this is the cool idea, I guess, that she says the moment I switch places... With Pinhead, I realised that this is it. That these that the Cenobites are the good guys. That yeah. they are they are meeting out justice and on the evil yeah. people, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting idea. Even though she knows that they wanted to grab her in Hellraiser. Well, it's just a con- kind of yeah convenient way of looking at it, but it, it's not really the whole story, is it? Yeah. But that's the what she believes now that she's got the power. Yes, she got the power, and she can choose who she takes, and do anything she wants. So she thinks. Uh, but you get sort of a little flashback here of them basically shoving Elliot back in the real world. <laughs> Goodbye, Captain Spencer, and they just chuck him back into the real world. And uh, now there's him having this trance, and he's in, in an empty room, and she tells him to imagine a door and go through it. <laughs> and he imagines this. Yeah, this is brilliant. This is cool. I really like this. His, you, 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 someone said to you, imagine a door, and you'd imagine yeah. like you know whatever a yellow wooden door. Or something. Yeah. And he imagines this big steel thing with studs <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's locked. It's locked. And so she, she says, "No, it's fine. It'll it'll open." Yeah. She's like, "Just go through it." And uh, it, it can't. And he's kicking <laughs> it and stuff. And then we cut to the real world, and he's like smashed up her office. He's trashed the room. <laughs> trying to get trying through to get through this door, and she. She's like, that's not supposed to happen. Um, <laughs> and that's brilliant. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. So that is, you know, obviously her using the hypnotic technique of saying, mm. we're going to unlock your mind. Yeah, we're uh, going to journey your mind. Please. She doesn't know that he hasn't got a mind at this point. He hasn't got a memory. It's not there. No. So the door won't open. So now we're back with Kirsty again. And her Cenobites. Her Cenobite chums. Cenobites. Um, who, okay, let's talk about these guys then. Because we mentioned on the previous podcast that we didn't like the redesign Yes, of the Cenobites because they look a bit generic monstery, mm. and they all look a bit similar as well. And I find it hard sometimes to tell which one's which and who's who. I mean, I can tell which one's which, I guess. But no, I mean, which one? As in, I can't remember. You know, which one was the priest or the prostitute? Oh, yes. Or which one was Edgar? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I just, yeah, on on a panel like this, I just feel, mm, yeah, I don't feel anything really about them. No, they don't. They don't excite me. No, the visuals are fun, and the the fact that they're dripping on the floor and stuff like that, and they've got these sharp teeth and horns and things, it's it's fun. Yeah, and this is the, this is the beginning of um, what I found a bit jarring, which continues through the rest of the issues mm-hmm. of these guys just kind of saying stuff like "Holy crap, let's get out of here!" Yeah, and stuff like that, and they haven't got any interesting pronouncements to make, like no, Pinhead or anything. Their dialogue like that. isn't very good, is it? So, like, this is the moment where she's like, "We're all together again. I've got my friends back. I'm in hell. I've got power." And they're like, "I feel great." They, yeah, they like it. Yeah, they're, they're set up. They like being these Cenobite creatures. And then they're called mm. by the box. And she says, this is great, because she says they're all having a chat, and then basically it's literally like, bong, and they're, and they're all sucked going... out of hell. Yeah. And she's like, the force of that call is nothing like it. And this is this is a complete cutaway, random story. A guy who had the box, he's got this girl with him who had the box, and he's killed her to get it. He, he's opened it, they turn up, and he's trying to blame it on the girl that's dead. Yeah, because she was obsessed with it, and he was like, I just wanted to look at it. So he basically killed her. 
and she she wouldn't let him touch it, so she he killed her. Uh, and yeah, Kirsty's very much like right, mm. just this time. The weird thing is though, when she turns up, mm. she knows all about him and this situation. Yes, but it's like she the the bell bonged and they were dragged up to earth mm. straight away. Mm. So when did she get all this inf- information about him and? what his story is yeah, well to me like it's it, it, when they're sucked up she's just given all this information in her brain yeah it's it's because she's obviously supernatural so well, yeah. when she turns up I thought that the whole situation of why she's there mm. just appears to her yeah because she's got quite an eloquent dialogue here as well and it's almost like she's been planning what to say mm. <laughs> absolutely um, so it's now time for Kirsty to she's completely into this now mm. which because obviously she to punish him because he's a bad Guy. Human Kirsty mm-hmm. would have been quite horrified, but yeah. you know, dead Kirsty, he's kind of she's going, Look, no, this is right. Mm-hmm. This is right, I should be doing this. So they um they steal a little bit from the Hellraiser movie here, where um she takes a bit of skin from the priest mm. Cenobite and sort of gives him communion. Takes the it human from, communion. Uh, Hellraiser three. Yeah. So they um make force force feeds him it and then force he feeds him a piece of flesh. Apart. And here, Kirsty's completely deluded herself by she's going. We cleansed his soul. He went willingly into hell. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew what he'd done wrong. Doesn't look like he's going very willingly in that picture. <laughs> uh, but she's just very much like that's justice. Yeah, my hell is all about justice. He mm-hmm. had killed that woman, and therefore he had to go to hell. Yeah. Now, here's a bit of uh, exposition where Tiffany then says, "Okay, well, I'm working with Elliot Spencer." Well. Kirsty knows that and she gets it out of her. Yeah. She says, look, back then we know, both knew who the enemy was and now you're working with him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, uh, how did you know? <laughs> and she says, how could I not know? Yeah. And um, she's sort of saying, well, basically we're trying to figure out how to get his memories back. And then and here's a bit of like, a revelation. <laughs> I've got them here in my hand. Yeah, she's got a ball in her hands, which is Elliot's memory mm. in a ball. In a ball, in ball form. But she doesn't want him to have it because she thinks she doesn't know what he'll do with it. And Tiffany convinces her that if Elliot gets his memories back, she reckons he'll help them. Yeah, and she's sort of going, well, look, what if we get his, he gets his memories back and then he turns into a total bastard again? Mm. And Tiffany's like, well, you can take care of him. And yeah. she's like, yeah, right. So Kirsty at the moment is pretty cocky. Yeah. She is. She's very happy with what she's doing. She's all comfy mm-hmm. in hell, and she thinks I can take on anything. And so she lets the ball fly up in the air. It flies to the real world, enters Elliot's mouth. There's a bit here of showing them in hell of um, Kirsty yeah. and her lover. Yeah, her big red beast lover. <laughs> There's like a bed and everything. And so yeah. you're like, wow, they're gonna have sex, but mm-hmm. <laughs> just to... pretty, there we go. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so the ball goes into Elliot's mouth, and we get a fantastic page. Page, yeah, with with bits from the films. You've got there's all sorts of Larry's weird stuff face going on being here. pulled apart, people's faces mashed up, butterball, and female chatterer, dead babies, knives going into eyes, and and he gets all his memories back at the same time. And he kind of slices his head open here. It seems yeah. to me like he digs his nails, his nails into his head. Yeah, he does because he's just so that's like such an a, amount of stuff. All these mm. years of <laughs> murdering people and yeah. torturing them. And the uh, the lady, the psychiatrist lady, is like, "Elliot, you're right." And then he, I remember everything. Yeah, so he remembers it all now. To be continued. Uh, to be continued. So what do you make of that one? I like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember thinking that, again, the Cenobites were a bit wishy-washy, the new ones. But I liked the story. I remember being very excited at the end of it, thinking, oh, what's going to happen now? Yeah, in fact, I think I remember me and you both talking about that page. Yeah. When you see him get his memories back, yeah. and going, ah. Oh. Because then as soon as you realise that he actually was telling the truth and he had no memories, you think, now... If he wasn't messing with them before, he definitely will be now. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So, what's going to happen next? Yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked this one. I um, like this one too. I kind of, I think by this one, I was kind of like, okay, okay, sort of putting my disappointment to the side and getting into mm-hmm. the groove of this mm. new story because I feel like this arc does feel very different to the first arc to, yeah. for me. Yes. Um, so I'm in the groove now. This is Ashley Lawrence. You're listening to the Hellraiser podcast. 
So while we're in the groove, let's groove straight on to issue 11, mm-hmm. Heaven's Reply Part 3, mm-hmm. which opens in a completely random place. Yeah, another big jump mm. into um, a, an aeroplane going along over a jungle. Yeah. And there's all this kind of like, hey, look, we we work for cash and don't worry about what's in the back of the yeah, plane. Talking about a guy called The Collector. <laughs> the Collector. Mm. Uh, suddenly the plane, <laughs> this great dialogue. Yeah. This is like, what? It says we're out of gas, but the thing was full when we took off. <laughs> Shit. Oh, no. Uh, so the plane crashes. The plane crashes because it's got no gas. Crashes in the middle of the jungle and there's some uh, sort of tribes people mm-hmm. there. Natives. And they look very much like... You know, they're kind of, like, never seen a plane before, that kind no, of thing. they're quite uncivilised people. Uh, then we're back in hell. Yeah, with Kirsty and her big lover demon monster. Big demon monster. Um, again, they are here. It's cool, but it's not as detailed as I like it. It's a bit more It's not of, very specific. It's a little no. abstract in places. It's a bit abstract, but um, it's mm. nice, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're having a little chat in hell. <laughs> you just kind of see them all doing their thing. They've got um, two of them having sex, mm-hmm. the Cenobites. Yeah. Two of the monsters. The priesty fellow is sort of meditating, meditating which like is the a... only kind of thing to his previous well, yeah. life, I guess. <laughs> but, he's, but he's like sort of Buddhist meditating rather than mm. anything Christian. And the couple are having sex. And then there's a bong. And they're like, oh, here we oh, go. Yeah, being summoned again. Here being we go. To... And they arrive in the jungle because one of these tribes people has found a puzzle box inside some kind of a coffin. It's like a rudimentary box with a dead body in it with a puzzle box. So basically the plane's crashed. The stuff's fallen out. Mm. The tribes people have gone up. One of them's opened the box and they've uh, summoned the Cenobites. Yeah. Uh, then we're back in Paris. In Paris. Uh, with the uh, harrowers smashing up the new harrowers. This is this is interesting because this device here that they show you that they smash up is the same one yeah. that was used earlier. Yeah, which I was a bit like, oh, that's a shame mm-hmm. because it's a cool design. It's like a, a, a carousel with millipedes, and, and stuff we haven't on it. talked yet about the fact that every box that gets destroyed, they said in the previous issue, mm. in the first one, I think actually that we talked about today. Mm. Uh, for every box that gets destroyed, the power goes to another box. So everyone that gets destroyed, there's another one that pops up somewhere else. Yeah, I mean they've they've made a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, so far, of well, when all these boxes get destroyed, you you won't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But this is the last <coughs> box or puzzle. This is the last puzzle there is in France. In they've, France, they've cleansed France by destroying this. Little merry-go-round thing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean this this thing of um, of it being the same puzzle. I think there was. I mean, we did get some information out of um, Chris Monfet when mm. they were doing it about them kind of reusing assets. Yeah, like saying we haven't got time for you to design a new puzzle box. Can we mm-hmm. just use the same one as before? <laughs> Which is a bit like okay. Um, so here they're having a bit of a chat, uh, and, and they're uh, discussing where to go next. Elliot wants to go to India because that's where he died. He died. That's where he was the beginning of hell bound when he got ripped apart and brought to hell. Mm. Next page, Kirsty back in the jungle. All the tribes people are praying to her. Hmm. Uh, this is this is where you know the art for me is just too is too simplistic for, for, yes, for my it is, liking. Yes, it is a little. Um, it's really nice. I'm not not criticizing it, but it's it's not kind of what I'm into. I don't no. know. But the story is interesting here because she basically refuses to take them because they're innocent souls and she knows they did it by accident. Yeah. Which is obviously a radical departure from mm-hmm. what's been going on in hell before. So she just says, I'm not taking them and they're all praying to her. And she's and, like, uh, I can do whatever I want. I'm in charge now. Yeah. So she goes back to hell with her mates. Yeah. Uh, then we get to... we back with Elliot. Yeah, on a plane <coughs> to India. And he starts to reminisce here about the war. And yeah, kind of about what made him drawn to finding the box in the first place. Now this, I find, for me, hugely controversial. And me too. When I first read this, I thought, okay. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with this at all. Um, Because basically he says him and two other soldiers, they were ambushed, they were separated from their unit, they're walking along, and they come across this tree. 
mm-hmm. and basically lots of women and children and whatever bodies have been hung, hung from the tree. From the tree. Uh, I mean, this is well drawn. Yeah, it's um, good, and it's it's good horror stuff. It's black and white, yeah, pretty much with with um, with, with red, red blood. And he's basically says, the 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 other guys are like vomiting and going, oh, I can't mm. believe it. And he's like, it stirred me like nothing else, you know. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen anything that's moved me so. It's a work of art. It's a work. It was more beautiful than anything I've ever seen in museums. <sighs> now the the reason I find it controversial is just because, um. I liked it more that he was a guy who was out of his depth, Elliot, mm-hmm. and that he'd found the box because he had a certain perverseness to him or whatever, we don't really know. But he wasn't this totally sick freak. Whereas no. this, for me, really makes him quite an evil fellow, even when he was human, you know, quite a, someone who has got something wrong with him. I agree. And if you listen to the Hellraiser 3 commentary, Doug Bradley talks about his choices for playing Elliot Spencer... And he talks about something that he read about an officer who was who took part in the first day of the Battle of the Somme, in which thousands and thousands of people got killed in the first 24 hours. But the, this one guy survived, and he had this overwhelming sense of guilt that he was still alive and everyone else was dead, and he basically thought, this isn't fair, and he couldn't really live with himself. And he, he said he was taking that sort of feeling into his portrayal of Elliot Spencer, and he's, he spent the rest of the 1910s and the beginning of the 1920s, just in a complete daze, thinking the war did some, broke him, basically, broke his mind in some way. But not not like this. This is this is odd, an odd choice, I thought. Yeah, I just, I just yeah, I like it better that he, after the war, was so lost mm. that he went in search of anything and yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas this sets it up in the, in the middle of the war that he's, he's got some um, quite deviant tendencies yeah um but hey you know but there we go it, it's interesting though and this is it is interesting i mean so that's you know their choice and and you know fair it, enough it's a it's a different take than i than i went for originally mm-hmm. uh so then we're back in hell yeah and the cenobite monsters are saying i'm not really sure we should have just left them <laughs> this is just so weird with the dialogue here because they're kind yeah, of like, oh, should we have done that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it just seems really bizarre. I mean, it's kind of kind of cool in a way, I guess. These monsters sort of going, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what should we do now? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, again, here the art, very abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got basically Hell telling Kirsty that she's done wrong. Yeah, this big voice who we met in the very first issue, issue one, talking to Pinhead. So it's all these rotted bodies that are everywhere mm. that are kind of saying, you can't do this. You dis- you cannot disobey the order of the box. And she's saying, I will not take innocent souls. And they're going, you must do what we take. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to do what we want. And here it mentions if more devices are destroyed. And she's like, what, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. So this is coming back in again. Yep. So now we're in Calcutta, mm-hmm. and basically... <laughs> there's this really weird bit, I, I don't know where this has come from, but bizarre it, interlude. there's loads of sort of poor people and injured people begging in the street, and they're crowding around them, trying to get money off them, I guess because they're Westerners, or they've arrived in a plane or in a car or something, and they just start pushing and kicking them out of the way. Yeah. And they get saved, because the person they're meeting turns up in a car, and they get in and drive off, and they're like, oh, thank God for that. Yeah, I mean, you, and it's a bit weird, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, this is the kind of traditional stereotyped image, isn't it? Like mm. kind of slumdog millionaire of loads of beggars who won't leave you alone, and then they all crush in, and everyone's like, "Oh God, run!" Yeah. But it, it's a bit kind of weird that it just pops up for nowhere. In this, it is. This part. It's almost almost like a bit of a page filler. I thought it was a little offensive <laughs> when I first read it. But I think anyway, it's very stereotyped. It, yeah, it moves on. And sure. then when we're in the, the car, the, this sort of taxi-type vehicle that this guy has come up in, um, this is interesting because he sort of clocks Elliot and says, aren't you... He says, you're him, aren't you? And Elliot says, I used to be. Mm. So this... Now we're, we're thinking, is he evil now? He's got his memories back. Is he still evil and pretending to be nice or does he now actually realise he's done some bad things and he wants to get into heaven so he's now a nice guy mm. I like the fact we still don't know yeah definitely wanted to say here as well obviously the artist is rendering Doug Bradley 
Yes. And I think oh, yes. It's, I think it's most, mostly successful. Here. Yeah, like, it, does it does look like look Doug Bradley. It's great. Like and it looks Bradley. like Doug Bradley, how he would look nowadays, which yeah. is kind of how it should be. Yeah, it's good. Brilliant. Um, but so then we get back to hell, mm. and now it all starts to take a bit of a turn, because the hell creature, which is sort of Leviathan talking through these monsters, through these bodies, is saying that the destruction of the Toymaker's objects come for the price. What that is, however, we do not know. The one whose place you took would not tell us. And she's saying, Spencer, you son of a bitch. So, so basically she realises that he's got a secret. He's tricked them somehow. And now when we He's come, tricked hell. He's tricked <laughs> hell. And we come back to the real world and them in India. And now you're thinking, shit, he's got a plan. Now he is He is doing something or other. Mm. And um, then we have another nice callback to the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've basically come to the shed yep. where he was... Where he opened, where he the, opened box, the box. The beginning of Hellbound. Um, so then we're back in hell. So there's a lot of quick cutting here. Mm. Which is like a film. I, I like the the pace of this and the feel of it. It's mm. like cutting back and forth like a movie and it's good. So Kirstie's basically saying, we've got to get back to Earth. The Spencer's tricked them. Yeah. And then I like, oh. <laughs> we'll send them like, how do we do that? Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and she's, and like, she's got right, this I'm going to open the box. box that they brought from the jungle earlier mm. on. I'm going to open the box and we're going to... And they're like, hang on, what happens if you open the box in hell? And she says, well, we're about to find out. Yep. Uh, then they... We cut back to Earth. And this is really funny because the room is exactly yeah. as he left it. Yeah. Which I don't think it would be. I don't be. know if it would be. It's um, His clothes are still there. Like a hundred years afterwards, isn't it? The box is still sitting there. His clothes are there. There's blood, blood everywhere. everywhere. Uh, maybe people were like, they knew it was such an evil place that they never mm. went in or something. But they kept going in and painting the floor <laughs> so it was a bright red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this is fun because he basically tricks Tiffany into destroying the box for him yeah. by saying, oh, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can. She's like, do you want me to do it? It's like, oh, yeah, thank you. And uh, we get another cliffhanger where... Kirsty's opening the box in hell. Kirsty's going, no, we've got to do it. Just about to smash the box up in the real world in India. <gasps> To be continued. Ooh. Cliffhanger. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So again, pretty much I like like this one as well. More yeah. or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some interesting ideas and stuff. Mm. Um the the art style sort of varying a bit for me now. Um Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't it's always still good look, though, yeah. I don't want to criticize good. it. I mean it's, it's still interesting, but I just I just really like it when it's really detailed. Yeah. You <laughs> can see what's going on. I do as well. Cool. Right. Well, very exciting. Let's rush on to issue 12. So issue 12, written by Clive Barker and Mark Miller. First page, Tiffany smashing the box while Kirsty opens the box in hell. Mm. So straight back into the thick of things. And then it and now this is goes really, a bit weird. <laughs> this kind of art is really abstract. Yeah. This. Um, really. I'll come straight out now and say I'm not a big fan of this stuff. No, me neither. Uh, and how do you describe this for people who haven't seen it or read it? It looks kind of very childlike. Like yeah. it's very and the whole background has been colours. broken up as if a window's been cracked and it's split everywhere. I mean, I know what they're going for, and it's it's a very valid choice yeah. in that they're, they're trying to they're trying to express a, a dimension that's mm-hmm. unexpressible, and mm. you know they're they're trying yeah, to yeah. Su- suggest motion and forces and stuff like that. But it just that's cool. I, I don't it's know. Fun. It just doesn't work that well for me. And then there's this other character that's turned up who we're not really sure who this is. Yeah, some kind of skinned person. And it's almost like he's just, you know, he's made up of, of veins. So it's not even solid matter. Mm. It's veins and eyes and teeth. And he's quite good fun. So he's kind of revealing stuff to Kirsty. Then we're back on Earth. The box basically explodes. Mm-hmm. When Tiffany smashes it and sends Elliot to a completely random plane, where there's yeah. like a little hut. Different smash plane. Yeah, it's like a weird kind of Navajo Indian hut type thing. Yeah, and he and goes in, and there's this sort of shaman character who's pretty freaky. Yeah, he's got a big mask on with a big mouth and mm. no eyes. No. And um, this is where you go. Hang on a minute. This is this is <laughs> this is really bizarre. <laughs> um, 
So this guy is saying that Elliot Spencer, soldier of earth and hell, mm. uh, what do you want, basically? Mm-hmm. And he says, I want to see the world bleed. And this is the moment where you go, ah, right. Here we go. Now and there's no says, more ambiguity. Good. Yeah. Um, he's a bad bastard and looks like he's come to the right place. So he's this whole thing was a plan. Yeah. To become human for not to go to heaven to... Well, I don't know, because do when he was on his own, I know it was before he got his memory back, but earlier on he was, you know, doing that whole thing about Jesus when he was on his own. Maybe that was because he had no memory. Well, this know. is the it's thing I've really explored properly in this one. I mean, this is the one thing I would say, although I'm still enjoying the comics at this point, it felt like the first arc was more cohesive, like it was more, actually moving yeah. towards something. And it made sense. This kind of slightly veers off here and there, mm. and it doesn't know. It doesn't seem like some of the plot strands are resolving correctly. No. And of course, it is you know a full arc of you know twenty or however many issues, so mm. we can't. Just take it from the four at a time we're doing. No, absolutely. But we can take it from as it was when they first came out. We were reading one a month. And you, and that is all you've got to work with. And that is, if you stop enjoying it, you will stop buying them. It's as simple as that. Mm. But anyway, we're back with Kirsty in this weird dimension, talking to this character. And he's asking her what she feels. Yeah, he's saying you have a beast in you. Yeah. It's always been there. You made a pact with hell. The beast must die. <laughs> Meanwhile, so she, he's saying to Kirsty, there's something evil or something in you, a beast in you that has to be got rid of. Meanwhile, the weird shaman is talking to Elliot saying, what you have to do is get rid of your body. Yeah, so he kind of lays the plan out here a bit. He says, you had to become human to achieve something inhuman. Mm. But now you've gone as far as your mortality allows. Mm-hmm. Right? What does that mean? <laughs> is it, well, it, I mean, I don't know what it means, but it, it gets it's, it's him saying, hit. obviously, it was a plan. Yeah. You had to become human. That's a part of the plan. Yeah. And so you've done that, and now and you've now, come here. Now we need to get rid of your body. Yes. And to do that, you've got to eat these. And he looks into this sort of pit <clears throat> in between them, on the floor, and there are these grub type insect type things mm, weird squiggly little like mites or mm. fleas or something big bastards yeah. <laughs> yeah, squirming around <laughs> basically now we're back in this weird dimension where Kirsty's speaking to this being who says listen okay right let's go back to where this all began mm-hmm. and he's basically making Kirsty realise that she's been taking care of these problems as she sees it yeah. but she, she's not necessarily been doing it in the right way and people have been mm. dying yeah um, so basically this guy's berating her here and saying, mm-hmm. you you think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. And, and he can change his appearance as well. He becomes her, mm. and then becomes Kirsty as a human, and then starts dripping again and becomes his drippy self again. <laughs> it says here, you if you cannot kill him, you cannot kill him if you want your humanity back, but you must stop him. Yeah. So basically he's saying, you've got to stop Elliot. Mm-hmm. He's doing something really bad. But you can't just go around and keep, you know, continuing this hatred cycle of hatred and yeah poison etc speaking of poison <laughs> back to Elliot picks one of these grubs up it bites him he throws it down again yeah good really good visuals here yeah like it bites is... him and it's really like oh god yeah and this weird shaman's like ha ha and he grabs it shoves it in his mouth bites down on it this green goo spurts out of it and, and this is dis- this is disgusting this is really gross in a brilliant way mm Really cool. I like this bit. It makes no sense to me. I don't... I'm completely missed what's going on with this. Why he has to do it, or yeah. why he's doing it, or what yeah. really is happening. Is you he going to... Well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he kind of says... Well, I don't know. He says, you've got to get rid of your body. And through that, you've got to eat one of these. And so Elliot goes, all right, I'll eat one of these. He's not, he's not asking why or how. No, but why Why was, Why was? does eating one of these get rid of his body? I don't oh, understand. No, do I? <laughs> That's <laughs> I the bit I want to know. I don't know that, but then... Elliot doesn't know that either. He's just trusting this shaman character. Well, I knew that, Peter. <laughs> God. Well, I don't think you're supposed to know at this point. No, well, yeah. yeah. In fact, I don't think you ever find out. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. <laughs> anyway, so, um, okay, so we're back with Kirsty, and he's going... This is fun, because all of a sudden she's on... They're on the ceiling, and underneath them is a sea. The sea. And she falls into the sea. She and this guy's like, look, heaven and earth 
are depending on you and mm. you've got to kill the beast inside you. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, and now we're back to <laughs> Elliot, who's looking in a really bad way. Again, horribly disgusting. Really <laughs> disgusting. Saliva and Mucus. flesh. And, Dripping from his eyes and his nose and his mouth. Oh, it's horrible. It's really grim. It makes me wince, that picture. Really grim. And um, and his stomach's rumbling. Not as in he's hungry, but as in there's things in it going to come out, about to burst out. Yeah, his stomach's all moving and his blood everywhere. It's really gross. And now it cuts in between... Kirsty in this sea being grabbed by a massive squid monster. Mm, very abstract. And Elliot... Bursting open. Bursting open. These grubs coming out of his body. So she She is, manages um, to fight us. This, this is kind of representing the beast inside her. Yeah. And she, she manages to beat it up and get rid of it. And she gets out onto the shore. So she's done her bit. She's done that. That's good. She's kind of, yeah, metaphorically killed the beast. Whereas he has also destroyed his body. His body just collapses and destroys itself so he's done what he was supposed to do as well yeah um so then she suddenly pops back into hell and no time has passed for the other cenobites around <laughs> I love this. how long was i gone what do you mean gone it's a fucking bust <laughs> goddamn box doesn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's uh cenobites um so yeah basically then... all that's happened they've both been on some kind of weird dream quest <laughs> and elliot is back in the real world. Just at the same time, again, no time's passed for him either. Tiffany's just smashed the box. There's a massive boom. There was a boom in hell just now as well that Kirsty mm. and about heard. There's a boom here. Mm. There's back in hell, there's a rumble. Oh, Christ, this is bad. There's a big light being shone. They go towards the light, and she says, for a minute there, I thought we had something to worry about. And then they're like, "Whoa, what's go- what the hell?" Another, we've got another double-page spread here, of basically of hell, of a huge light shining down and mm-hmm. people being sucked out of hell, like the damned kind of yeah. being sucked, sucked up, up into the air towards this light. The, yeah, and this is this is a great image. I mean, it's a bit abstract, but it's really cool, I guess. Mm. Um, and then the last page of issue twelve, Tiffany realizes something's gone wrong. And she's like, what have you done? And Elliot's in full-on evil mode here. He's like, I'm yeah. not the one who smashed the box and opened the gates of hell, am I, little girl? And then fantastically, one <laughs> smashes him in the face with a spade. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything. But it doesn't do anything. He says, this is where it gets fun. Dum-dum-dum. <laughs> to be continued. And that's it. That's as far as we're going today. Mm. So there we go. Mm. So again, I will just say that I like... The way it ends on the cliffhanger. I do like these cliffhangers. They do make yes. you think, oh, what's going to happen next? But in general, I'm not a huge fan of issue 12. I think it's a bit weird and a bit confusing in places. I think, yeah, I just felt like there was a stronger continuity going through the first arc. And it was more mm. It was more tied to the film. I feel like everything's getting more abstract now and more... Oh, there's that as well. There's the feeling, because we kept saying with the first eight, it's like a sequel. It's like a third film, Yes, basically. And this is really getting away from the films. And again, we kept saying for the first eight issues, we could see it as a film. Yeah. And it's, you still can when you read it. This stuff, I can't see this as a film because it's a bit too abstract in places. Or something it wouldn't work as a film because it would be silly. No, it's moving, it's moving into really crazy realms. Here. And I'm not saying comics have to feel like films um, but <laughs> that would be crazy but I, I think I enjoyed the first eight because of that as well yes I, I, I felt like I knew where I was more with the other ones and that, that's not something that's a good or a bad thing mm. but this one is, is really moving into completely different realms now and I'm like wow okay yeah and it's just that so much that I don't feel as connected to the characters anymore I don't feel connected to Kirsty anymore in her situation I don't really like the Cenobites, mm-hmm. the new Cenobites. And um, Elliot's still got He's a interesting. Lot of interesting stuff going on yeah. there. Um, but Tiffany doesn't really resonate with me. And and this Theo guy hasn't really done much either. You don't really no. care about him either. So I'm, I'm sort of not really... I'm, I'm finding it hard to find someone to latch onto at the moment. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. So in conclusion then, Heaven's Reply, issues 9 to 12, still interesting. Mm-hmm. Still worth reading. Absolutely. But getting a little further away from what we liked about the original eight issues. Yeah. 
Definitely. Is that fair enough to say? I, I think so. I think I, I wouldn't want people to think oh, we're really dissing it at this no, point. No, not at all. But, um, yeah, this is certainly where I started to go, oh, the, the series is not quite progressing in the way that I, I um, felt it no. would. No, no. I agree. One thing we haven't mentioned, which I do want to mention, is the front covers mm. are amazing. Yeah, they're very cool. There are two covers for each issue, if you get them on the individual issues. I haven't looked, seen the books yet, so I'm, I'm imagining the books have all the covers in them at some point. They normally do, I think. Mm. But they're brilliant, and it's not the same artwork as in the actual stories. They're really intricate paintings, mm. and they're gorgeous. Yeah, they're really, really cool. lovely. So I think that's probably about it for this podcast, then. Thank you all for listening, and don't forget we have a Twitter feed at HellraiserCast, Facebook page, you can come on and like us, HellraiserPodcast at Hotmail.co.uk if you want to write to us, or HellraiserPodcast.com is our website. Yeah, please um, give us your feedback. You know, send us, uh, Let your, us know your what thoughts you think. in yeah. because um, we like to hear from everybody who listens to the podcast. We do, and we'll get some. Us feel not yeah. so alone. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> and when we get some more Twitter conversations going and get some more Facebook posts and emails, we'll do another feedback podcast, which is always good fun. Mm. And you seem to like the last one we did, which is a basic big free for all chat with you, lovely listeners. Yeah. And if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't. So thank you very much for listening and sticking with us. Yeah. And we'll see you on the next one, which will be another commentary, which you seem to be enjoying. We keep asking for more commentaries. So we're going to continue through the films. And our next podcast will be a commentary for Hellraiser 3. This will be watching the Region 2 DVD, which I think is might be slightly different to some versions in the States. I'm not sure, but listening to the commentary... There seems to be some kind of discrepancy between versions or if there are little bits missing here and there. And I don't know, it all got a bit confusing with Hellraiser 2 and there were some people whose ones didn't really sync up properly. So yeah. sorry about sorry that if that about happened that. to you. But it's not our fault. This is what we've got to work with over here. <laughs> so we're going to be... Well, when we got from Bloodline onwards, there's only one version of each, I think. So we should be fine there. Thank God. <laughs> so uh, we'll be doing a commentary to the Region 2 DVD of... Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Mm. Until then, take care, you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Peter. Goodbye. Mm.